you can turn with me to Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3. So last week we heard that encouraging message from Pastor Levier about how Christ is with us always. And you'll remember that that promise, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, was given in the context of the Great Commission as Matthew recorded it. So really the gist of what is being said there is as you are going, doing the work of making disciples, doing what I've left you on earth to do, as you're doing that, I will be with you always. Now, of course, Christ is always with us by his spirit, but we're really going to feel and enjoy his presence uh, when we are being faithful to fulfill the Great Commission. So we're going to build on that truth Uh, this morning. And so the lesson is on a mission with the master, on a mission with the master. And I'd like to give you two introductory statements to write down. Number one, you can't be with Christ unless you're on the same mission as Christ. You can't be with Christ unless you're on the same mission as Christ. Here's where so many of us as Christians fail uh, in our walk with the Lord. We want to be with Christ. We want to grow in our relationship with him. We want to know him, but we don't necessarily want to join his mission. And a lot of us as believers We want Christ to get on board with our plans, with our agenda, with our dreams, and we want a relationship with Christ on our terms. And uh, I'm sure we've all experienced this. It doesn't work that way. But if you and I want to be with Christ and enjoy daily fellowship, all we have to do is get on the same mission with him. Get where he is at and we'll enjoy Uh, that daily fellowship. Now, what is the mission of Christ? 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, one of my favorite verses. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? To save sinners of whom I am chief. That's what Paul said. And that's how we all should feel. And then before the Lord Lord Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples in John 20 verses 21 through 22, as my father hath sent me, into the world to save sinners. Even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Would you mind closing that? And so Christ's mission when he came to earth was to save sinners. And he's left us here to continue the work by his Holy Spirit. And so if we want to be with Christ, enjoying daily fellowship with him, we've got to get on that same mission of seeking and saving the lost. Then number two, you can't carry out the mission of Christ unless you're with Christ. You can't carry out the mission of Christ unless you're with Christ. So here's the other way that we often struggle as believers. You can't carry out the mission of Christ unless you're with Christ. So here's the other way we struggle. We hear the preaching, we read the scriptures, and we come to terms with the fact that I I cannot have an abundant relationship with God unless I get busy at this work of soul winning. I got to reach the lost. 
I got to give out tracts. I got to have gospel conversation. I got to do it. But then what we try to do is carry out the mission on our own. And we forget what Christ said in John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I'm sure you've been there. I've been there many times. When we forget this simple truth and, and try to do the, the mission of Christ without him, it doesn't work. It's, in fact, it's quite miserable. And it might look different for you, but here's how it kind of looks for me. I'll be out and about, maybe uh, going to different stores. And I know that the mission of Christ is to reach the lost with the gospel. And one way we can do that is by giving people tracks. So I know I've got to give people tracks. But I don't really want to talk to anyone. I don't really want the potential conflict. I don't want the weird looks that people give you. And so automatically there's this battle inside. Same thing, especially when I'm traveling and I'm on an airplane, something like that. There's a battle inside. I know I've got to do it, but I don't want to do it. And so I kind of make a deal with God. Okay, I'll, I'll shove a track in this person's face, but that's about as far as I'm going. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to engage. I'll do the bare minimum to, to make myself not feel guilty. Uh, but that's about it. And I'm trying to do the, the mission, at least to some extent, without Christ. Because whenever you're in conflict with him and not fully surrendered to him, uh, you're not really with him. And it's a, it's a miserable thing. And we've all been there. We've gritted our teeth and we've done what we know we're supposed to do. But we're not really with him, uh, abiding in him. John fifteen four. this is how it's described. Abide in me and I in you. That kind of soul winning is not abiding in Christ. It's, it's awful. And so we've got to understand, if we want to be with him, we've got to get on the same mission. But then if we're going to try to fulfill the mission, we've got to do so with him, in harmony with him, submitted to him, listening to his voice, and so on. Now, our text here, Mark 3, verse 14 It's a beautiful summary of of Christ's will for his disciples. Mark 3, verse 14. And he ordained or he chose 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. So he chose these men primarily to be with him, but for the sake of sending them out to preach and and do the same mission as him. So a couple things we want to look at before we close. What happens when we get with Christ and get on the same mission with him? Well, number one, we're going to see his power. We're going to see his power. After the disciples begin following Christ, basically, it, it, immediately in, in each gospel record, they begin to witness his power. Uh, you'll think about in John 1, he calls those disciples. Then in John 2, he turns the water to wine. And they're like, wow. Okay, <laughs> uh, this is no mere rabbi. He's got some incredible power. Mark chapter one, he calls them and then he goes into the synagogue and casts out a demon. And then he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then he heals all the sick folks in the town that come to him. So as soon as they begin following him and they're on the same mission as him because he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Boom, they start witnessing his power. 
And again, this is where so many of us as Christians struggle and where our, our, our Christianity lacks life and lacks excitement and vibrance. It, we're not seeing his power because we're not really on the mission with him. Because if you and I want to witness Christ's power today, we're not going to be able to see him healing lame folks physically. I mean, he can heal the lame. That's one way we could see his power, but not like he did uh, in the gospel records. We're not seeing him physically. So how do we get to witness his power? How does he really become real to us? Well, Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You want to see the power of God in your life, get the gospel out. Speak the name of Christ and let him manifest his power through that. When Paul prayed for the Ephesians in Ephesians 1.19, one of his big requests for them is that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And oh, how we miss out in the Christian life when we keep the gospel to ourselves and we don't get on the mission of Christ and we miss out on seeing him display his power because the gospel is what transforms lives. Uh, The gospel is what gives our life down here excitement and purpose. And it's, it's a thrilling thing to be on the mission of Christ and to see what he does. This very morning, I was praying, God, would you give me a divine appointment at the gym? Would you open up doors for me? And I got to witness the power of God. Someone shows up, and this hasn't happened in the last month or two that I've been going. Someone shows up with a boom box, and they start blaring rap music. Okay, you know automatically it's war, that the enemy does not want the gospel getting out. There's no way you can have a productive gospel conversation with that junk blaring. So I know automatically, okay, the first thing I got to do before I can have any conversation is get this music turned down. But people are pretty, uh, pretty defensive about their music. It's a touchy subject. So I have to go over to this guy. I've never even met him. And my introduction is, hey, can, could you turn your music down? It was a little bit tense, but thankfully he, he turned it down. And then I'm, I'm trying to get a gospel conversation going with people, and it's just not developing. And it's not, it's not going well. So I feel a bit defeated, but I'm praying then I sit down next to my bag and God has a man sitting there and the, the gym is pretty crowded, but for some reason, everyone's sitting on the other side and it's just me and him. And then, boom, get to have a very fruitful gospel conversation. He listens to the whole gospel very attentively, very receptively. It didn't feel at peace about leading him in the prayer right then, but God gave that divine appointment. He, he made it possible for the guy to turn down the music and then he gave me one-on-one time with that guy. And I got to witness God's power. I got to witness him working on my behalf. But if, if I just went to the gym to shoot some hoops, I would have missed out on seeing God's power. And it's like that in our lives. Wherever God has us, there are opportunities to witness his power if uh, we're on the mission with him. And so what happens when we get with Christ? We see his power. And then number two, and this is kind of reviewing some of what we learned a couple weeks ago, but we hear his voice. We hear his voice. When the disciples were with Christ, they followed him around. And what did he do? He taught in all these villages. So they got to sit under his teaching. But then also when they, when they messed up, when they did something foolish, he was right there to correct them. And it was, 
it was a very uh, normal relationship. He was their rabbi and they traveled together and they had this fellowship. And that's what Christ wants to do with us. So we come to church. He, he teaches us more about this beautiful gospel so that then we're more prepared to share it with others. And we grow in our Christian life and our walk with the Lord and it becomes so much more real to us as he speaks to us from his word. But then as we're out and about on the mission with him, he's going to correct some things we might be doing wrong. He's going to give us some advice here and there. And through that, we, we become so in tune with his voice and, and we get to enjoy uh, this fellowship as he takes us through daily life and teaches us um, through the daily events of life. And so if I could just urge you and uh, really preach to myself, uh, if we want to be with Christ, we've got to get on the same mission with him. And then if we want to carry out that mission, uh, we've got to stay with him and listen to his voice. And then, oh, how we are going to get to witness the power of God as we do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.